tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Social Conversations. Let's welcome our first A-team guest who's going to be giving us an understanding on uh, how most of the South African graduates are, you know, working, but the skills and the jobs don't often match. We are talking to Dr. Nompumelelo Precious Mkai, who's a program lead at the Faculty of Economic and Management Science at the University of the Northwest. Dr. Mkai, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. Um, Good thing. Dr. Mkai, you know, when we are looking at the high unemployment rate in South Africa, I mean, this does not leave graduates unscathed. And uh, clearly, there's a huge applied for those who have graduated and are in the job market. Yes, that is that is uh, very true. I mean, we, we've seen... Uh, Obviously, over the past few years, we've seen you know an increased number of graduates coming out, you know, from the higher education system into the labour market. But one thing that we've observed is that the number of jobs available are not enough to actually you know absorb all these graduates. Mm. And now the disparity between skills and the uh, you know what the graduates have graduated in. Why is there such a high disparity? Well, there is. You know, in this article that I wrote, I actually mentioned that uh, obviously most of um, the career choices are influenced by many factors, right? Over and above um, interest, you know, gender and, and other factors. But there's usually other factors which are sometimes beyond the control of the students, right, in, in deciding to, to go for certain career choices. And in most cases, some of them are even, you know, pushed by their low APS scores, which often push them towards, you know, enrolling in these uh, courses which with low employment prospects. So you, you find a situation where they're literally faced with a choice to either be at university studying what something else or at home you know so but the the reality is once they leave the system the higher education system and look for jobs they don't find jobs and if they do find jobs we're seeing a, a great mismatch between what they studied and the jobs that they in. Sure. South Africa is really one that has many citadels of education, but not all can access them. Then those who have the privilege of accessing and completing their studies are, are faced with a, mire, a myriad of uh, challenges. Dr. Mgai, maybe let's go through what should be done. Should you know students be choosing different career paths, looking at where we are currently and the fourth industrial revolution? Definitely they should. Obviously, at the moment, there's this emphasis on STEM, right? Um, that is science, um, technology, um, engineering, and mathematics. And this is the courses that have been observed to directly support economic growth. I mean, we see it. Most of these um, industrialized countries often have a very strong, you know, STEM um, 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 education. So we really need um, um, our students choosing these courses. But at the same time, we need to take it back because they they can't uh, they don't have enough APS to qualify for these courses, which again obviously speaks so much about the basic education system, which is producing um, um, learners who are not able, you know, to to uh, 
meet the, the growing demands of the higher education sector and later on struggling to actually meet the, uh, the demands of the labor market. So uh, I think the main thing that I'm uh, proposing in this, uh, in this article was that we need uh, to have a strong career guidance education at basic, um, um, at basic education because right now, South Africa isn't really, we, we don't, we're not really proposing um, career guidance. In, in actual fact, we find career guidance education embedded within certain subjects, right? Like life orientation or life skills. And, you know, that really shows, it's, it's really not speaking to, to the, 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 the importance of, of this uh, uh, factor. Now, my concern would also come in because you do mention it in terms of the basic education not being able to produce um, students who are able to cope or even enter into university when it comes to science, technology, engineering and the likes. So what is the interaction between universities, industry and basic education? It, it, it makes no sense to force a child to keep going to school if they are not being given the information that would help them get into the courses that they would love to study, the courses that will increase, you know, job employability for them and also to help develop our economy. Very true, because right now it's, it's more like there's obviously high expectations from um, the, the labor market, that is from employers, right? There's this pressure on the higher education system to do something. You know, people always speak that we need to produce, you know, relevant courses. And of course, um, the, um, the higher education sector is doing that, but we can't solve all the problems. For me, we also need to bring in the basic education um, um, sector because if it's not doing its part at the foundation, then whatever we do in higher education would really be pointless, right? And you'd still find this gap when you go to the labor market where um, employers are still sitting with vacant positions that they can't fill, mainly because they can't find suitable people for those positions, which is why for me, and, and again, agreeing with your point, we need this, we need to really, you know, um, um, reposition the education system, right? This means we need to revisit career education and development in schools. And this actually will speak, uh, or rather will ensure that we assist um, teachers and learners, right, in terms of having these current up-to-date, you know, um, labor market information. And uh, again, this will assist them in terms of, you know, uh, making decisions that relate to careers as well as occupations. Let me go to our A-teamers on the line. It's 20 minutes after 10. Remember, if you'd like to interact with us and uh, ask your questions or even pose, um, you know, a view that you'd like us uh, to see with regards to the disparity between skills and jobs that are offered for graduates and and uh, you can call in on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 614 I've got Aisha on the line. Aisha, good evening. Good evening. Who am I speaking to there by you? Our guest is uh, Dr. Ngai. Uh, good evening, Dr. Ngai. Yes, hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. You yes. sound young. <laughs> I am young. I am. <laughs> okay, so don't take this personally. Take it within the spirit that I'm giving it to you. I, I disagree with you 
on uh, skills and higher education. Now, it works like this. I agree with you on basic education has to be fixed, but higher education should have done that. They had 27 years in which to do that. But everybody was looking for sponsors and filling their own pockets and not looking at the national interest, one. Two, higher education should have sat down with business in South Africa and together worked out what the, the students need to learn to be able to be employable. But they didn't do that because all they, they wanted to do was to churn out as many graduates as they can so that they can make money. Hmm? So they cannot tell me that it is everyone from basic education to higher education should take the responsibility for this mess. Thank you. Thank you very much, Aisha. And I'm going to go to Kondile uh, on the line. Eitima Kondile, good evening. Hi, sister, and, and, and Ben Ben Zita there. Yes, good I, evening. <laughs> yes. Now, I don't know uh, how does Dr. Amtai relate to the late poet, uh, but yeah, that is not an issue. So the, 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 the issue that I want to, 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 to raise with the doctor there, it's uh, that the subject that she's raising, it's a bit uh, complex subject because for me, if you are talking about skills mismatch, you are talking about a broad subject. Let me cite a few examples. I hire you, 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 I hire you as my PA. You come in as uh, with secretarial uh, uh, qualifications, but you you left your 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 LLB unfinished, and then two three years down the line you qualify as an admin. And yet when somebody comes in to check me, she says, uh, "I I met with your your PA, your secretary." And how do you deal with that? Are you going to say to to me that? There's a mismatch in terms of skills, and yet when I hired you, I hired you with uh, this. That's one uh, example. But secondly, the the, the other thing that Dr. Mkai uh, herself that has put out there is that do uh, institutions of higher learning make a broad consultation with regards to what is needed in the market? Because for me, the universities are you know, exist within communities. And if they are to thrive and the same community that they are serving through the, uh, because the only thing that they can contribute, it is intellectual uh, resource, meaning they can't give people money, they can't give people uh, jobs. But what they can do, they can empower them in terms of knowledge uh, and, and skills. So are they doing enough to really make sure that there is that interaction between what the community needs and uh, what they produce. Because if you can look at what is being produced now, uh, I can tell you I can tell you now that most of the skills that are being produced now beyond COVID, they will 
most of them, if not 80%, they will be useless because we are now getting into a new era uh, that will demand new skills. For example, everything has moved into IT, everything. We are talking uh, fourth IR. The, the, the pandemic itself is it's forcing us to do things differently, to buy online and all that. So the economy will be more virtual than any other thing. So are we carrying ourselves towards that era? Or we, we still produce your normal condolence, a, a journalism diploma or the BA in political science? Uh, thanks, uh. Thank you very much, uh, Kondile. Let me go back to you, Dr. Mkai. Perhaps let's start yes. with the response for Aisha. Yes. Well, I mean, if, if Aisha could really read, because the article on the conversation was just a piece from a broad study that took about four years to complete, right? And trust me, we do acknowledge right now there's this disconnect, right, between um, if we take the higher education sector and the employers, right? These people are not meeting to discuss, firstly, the expectations from the employer, right, to the universities. And at the same time, some universities are still struggling with the, the resources and uh, to actually provide these needed skills. On the other hand, right, we like um, the, the, the last listener mentioned that we are in this uh, era where labor markets are changing. We're seeing a lot of employers, you know, uh, uh, digitizing a lot, you know, and and because of that, some of them, particularly in South Africa's case, they still don't know what is it that they need, right? And I mean, they don't know what they need. So clearly, they also still struggle to articulate exactly what they need because they're still in this phase of like changing uh, uh, labor markets. And again, going back to the last listener's point. Um, I completely agree with them. Right now, as, as I just mentioned now, that we are digitizing, employers are digitizing, so certain skills will really fall away. They won't be needed. And right now, if you look at the, the future of jobs report, certain courses like even chartered accountancy have a very high chance of being completely replaced, right, by, by the, the 4IR. And that's the reality. Right now, for me, I think that over and above your degree, employers are usually looking for someone with an edge, right? You know, with what is it that you can bring to the table over and above your skills, right? And by this, we also mean, you know, um, uh, which skills do you have, right? Critical thinking skills, critical analysis. Are you a fast learner? You know, what about problem-solving skills? Uh, self-management skills like active learning. We need graduates who will read and think, Right. And this is where uh, universities come in. They need to teach these skills. And 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 we're also talking about resilience, you know, adaptability. And all of these usually happen, you know, during an interview, how you sell yourself, because at the end of the day, you know, a degree is just a paper. Right. And and in most cases, you'll find that employers are actually willing to take risk on people or other graduates who are worth it. Now, as we close off, Anonymous sent an SMS saying, I hold a PhD in curriculum and instructional studies, but I'm teaching in primary school. I'm underutilized and frustrated at the same time. So this is what uh, some of our A-teamers are facing. Um, 
and and look, people need to work. People are looking for jobs. There are graduates who are selling amaguinya and cupcakes in the yeah. morning just so that they can have an honest living. Living, but it's 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 very sad to see the state of where we are currently when it comes to education and jobs. Yeah, and you know what? And and I usually say, in as much as we should, yes, it's great. We as, as for instance, as a government, we need to get uh, young people jobs. But I think it's high time that we went beyond that statistics. You know, we can't just get them jobs and stop there. We need to go back and check these jobs. Are these good jobs? Because, and just what you're saying, on the other day I was on LinkedIn and I saw someone who has a master's degree in chemistry, but they were working as a service client consultant. And trust me, because underemployment, right, um, which is what we're talking about, this mismatches, is really an, a very scant um, 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 a topic that people usually just, you know, uh, forget about it. But it, it really has massive consequences, economic, you know, personal, social. And at the end of the day, and if I could quote um, um, this, this something from the International Labor Organization, just to show you how, how important this subject is um, in their um, uh, uh, key performance uh, indicators. In their 2010 uh, publication, they say, unemployed and underemployed youth are less able to contribute effectively to national development and have fewer opportunities to exercise their rights as citizens. They have less to spend as consumers, less to invest as savers, and often have no voice to bring about change in their lives and communities. And I think this speaks to the importance of this subject. And we are calling for more, and not just from basic education, but also from, from the higher education, right, in ensuring that um, the, 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 the curriculum designers pay attention to the relevance of the skills and competencies that are attained by the students, right, to uh, their employment prospects post-graduation. And it also calls from employers to also speak out. At the end of the day, these two sectors won't know what is needed unless um, employers speak about these skills. We need intentional career guidance, which which focuses on skills of the future. Dr. Mgai, on that note, I'd like to thank you for sharing uh, your article with us. And uh, yeah, more strength uh, to your bow when it comes to your academic work. But I really do hope that we'll see our future brighter and, uh, you know, what is being taught in basic education, matching what is required in higher education, matching what's required in the job market. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Bye.